0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you on Thursday, May 19th. A very special episode of Best on the Board. Why is that? Well, this is the show's first ever tennis episode, French Open, starting over the weekend. And so we are going to jump into that on this episode of Best on the Board. We'll have a couple of episodes here for you, this one that you are listening to right now. And then another one that is going to hit the feed on Friday, Previewing both the men's and the women's sides of the French Open, we'll talk about uh, players we like to come out of each quarter, players we like to win the tournament uh, for for the whole thing, and then we'll also, uh, as the tournament goes on, start talking about match odds and we'll get into games and everything. It's going to be a very very fun run through the French Open for us here on Best on the Board over these next couple of weeks. Joining me on this maiden voyage into the tennis world for Best on the Board is Dan Santa Ramita. Dan, this is great, man. I mean, this has been sort of my dream for Best on the Board uh, since we started this show six, seven months ago, whatever it was. Just start adding more sports and more sports. And so thank you for being part of this first tennis episode.
1: Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if you want to hear that the French Open is my least favorite major, but I am excited to talk tennis Thanks. nonetheless. <laughs> Thanks. Let's just
0: close up shop right now. Let's forget about it. Let's just hey, forget about it. Clay's, it Clay's
1: dirty. Right I don't know if you've how much tennis you played in your life, Beller, but Clay is dirty. It's like, you know, yeah. Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, like sand, it gets everywhere. Yeah. Clay yeah. gets everywhere. It's I find stuff in my shoes from three years ago. Probably wouldn't surprise me. But anyway,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, well, Novak Djokovic should be like keeping. Rafael Nadal, they should be keeping that sand and selling it. Right? Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> they own a little it. Uh, collect. Yeah, make a little collector's item out of it. It's crazy <laughs> that those guys might be meeting in the quarterfinals. In fact, if they do make it to the quarterfinals, they will be meeting in the quarterfinals. A crazy men's draw. We're gonna start over there before we get into the women also and that's what we're going to do here Dan we will run through each quarter we'll talk about you know, who we like to come out of the quarters who could maybe screw up what the projected quarters uh end up being if the seeds are going to hold and then we'll move on to the championship so let's start right there uh, uh Novak Djokovic Rafael Nadal, maybe the two best clay players ever. They are in the same quarter, so forget about them meeting in the French Open final, the French Open semis. If they meet, they will meet in the French Open quarters. The other projected quarters, again, this is if seeds hold. You got Kasparud and Tsitsipas in one. Zverev Alcaraz, whose odds have just shot up. He is one of the favorites to win this tournament. When just a couple of months ago, you could have got him at around 40-1 to to win the French Open. He would face off with Zverev in the quarters. And then Rublev and Medvedev. Medvedev coming off the injury that is the other projected quarter so let's start with that big one Djokovic and Nadal on the betting lines Novak Djokovic is minus 125 to come out of this quarter Rafael Nadal plus 150 there's some name brands behind these guys too but it's hard to see anyone screwing up either of these guys getting to the quarters got to believe it's going to be Novak and Nadal in the in the uh, final eight here
1: yeah I agree with that and and I just have to say this is probably the worst draw I've ever seen. though <laughs> to have <laughs> to have it stacked this way. Nadal's the five seed. He gets paired with the one. Uh, Alexander Zverev's in the in their two in that in that half with the number three seed. And he's no slouch. I mean, look, there's, there's Alcarez is in that half. Like, it's it's um, it's loaded. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, hey, we're more likely to get great matches. And as you said, there's some big names I want to throw out. The second rounder, Stan Wawrinka, could face Nadal in the yeah. second round. That could be interesting. I know it's not Stan the man prime, but, you know, there's something to, to think about there as a fun second rounder. The the match for me is – it's this simple. If you're going to give me Rafa Nadal with plus odds on clay, I'm going to take it. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I haven't – I I was wrong. I, I know I got called out by a couple people when we did our uh, Australian Open previews. I said that I thought Rafa was done winning majors, not on clay, and then he won that one. So my mm-hmm. prediction lasted all of zero tournaments. But uh, maybe, maybe Novak
0: plays. <laughs> that's not the case.
1: Right, right. mean obviously, there's yeah certain, certain different factors. I still shocked he won that final against Medvedev. But that's another mm-hmm. story. Uh, as as far as clay, even at this age, Rafa with plus odds, that's fine. I think him and Djokovic is certainly. A lot closer than it was even two, three years ago on the surface. But I think it's still pretty close. And plus 150 implies it's not super close. And I don't Mm -hmm. know that I agree with that. So I think it's a value. If you're not giving me odds, I'd probably lean Djokovic. But at plus 150, I'm going to take Nadal.
0: That really feels like the only bettable spot here. Um, is is Nadal because of those, that plus money? I mean, you know, Djokovic at minus 125 is nice too. And you know, it, it it speaks to the draw that we're talking about here that when you look across the quarters that Djokovic isn't the biggest favorite. You can put him in any other quarter and he probably is the biggest favorite to come out of his quarter. And maybe that's yeah. true of Nadal too. Put him in yeah. any other quarter and he's the, the favorite. Maybe not. Maybe he would be. But either way, that just speaks to how strong this is. Stan Ruinka in the second round for Nadal, Like that could be a tricky spot. I agree with you there. Um, uh, you look at you, you look at the, the in the top half with with Djokovic. He could have uh, a couple of rounds down the line. A matchup with uh, Grigor Dimitrov, which you know another another name brand that we know. Diego Schwartzman would be uh, the match right before the quarter if they both make it there. So there's some names here. There could be some tricky spots. These might not these maybe aren't all straight set victories, but it's hard to see anyone in the way of Nadal and Djokovic meeting in the quarters. It's just it's. These two guys on clay, uh, you know, some some interesting names. Could give us some fun matches on our way there. Yeah. But it, it it's unlikely that either one of these guys gets tripped up before they meet each other.
1: Yeah, and I'm just happy we get to see it, right? Like, that's all we're looking yeah. for. We want to see these matches. Alcaraz mm-hmm. could have put a wrench in that. Um, but now sure. he'll, he'll see him later. So we won't have to worry about that. We'll get a Rafa uh, Djokovic uh, quarterfinal in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. Which makes for an interesting dynamic later in the tournament i don't want to skip too far ahead but if you're going to have this quarter and potentially Alcaraz or even zverev and a semi wouldn't be an easy match for these i mean you're talking about semi-finals you don't expect them to be easy don't expect
0: it yep exactly
1: you're talking about a you know a gauntlet and spoilers like that might open up the other finalists to have a really nice path
0: It's totally true. And let's just transition into the second quarter with that because, yeah, you're talking about Novak and Nadal meeting in the quarter. So the winner moves on and they got to go through maybe the hottest player on tour, Carlos Alcaraz. He's got uh, Alexander Zverev on the other side of his quarter. So if everything holds, those two guys playing against one another, those are, I mean, you could, uh, obviously, CT PAS is in there, but then you could, I mean, the argument is pretty strong that, you know, these are. The four of the five and maybe the four best players uh, in this going right now. So you have all of them on the same half of the draw, same half of the bracket. And we look at these guys, Alkaraz and Zverev. That's another one that obviously doesn't have the, uh, the full-on name brand of Djokovic-Nadal as a quarter. But that's a quarter that could easily look more like a semi.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's another one I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, look, this is the reason it's a bad draw is because we're going to get these good matches early, but it means we'll get these good matches. I just, right. uh, as far as the second quarter, I I just don't see Alcaraz losing. And as Veres like, he's a very mm-hmm. good player. I love his game, what he brings in other surfaces, I think a little bit better. He's had a pretty yeah. good, um, I guess what will be clay court season. We'll just call it, uh, in some of the warmups, or he's, he's made it deep in a lot of these, these warmup tournaments, but hasn't won any of them. And he's, you know, Alcaraz beat him pretty bad. Uh, I think six, one, six, three in, uh, in like Monte Carlo or something like that. And I, I just think it's not the surface for Zverev. And I, I, we can have another discussion about him when we're talking about him breaking through and winning a major. He's had a bit of a, mm-hmm. A weird mental block with five setters and that's another thing i actually like to bet a lot is the over on zverev sets in some of his matches because mm-hmm. despite his obvious talent and usually he's he's gotten better at surviving these things he does tend to screw around a little bit and there's something uh, that i i kind of like to bet live uh as a, as a sicko play but i, I do have fun <laughs> with that
0: <laughs> i think that's great i don't know if that's that much of a sick of that that's that's some fun stuff i mean this is a, another one where like i hate to sound like a broken record but like hard to see anyone messing this up really yeah. hard to see anyone mess it like if like if you were gonna bet on someone screwing this up and someone knocking off alcaraz which i really think is unlikely uh in the bottom half of this of this part of the draw or zverev in the top half like uh, like i mean who even is it who like Fritz Taylor take care of Zverev in the round before the court. Like, I don't, I don't think so. And Richard Gasquet and all his, uh, his experience at Roland Garros take out Alcaraz. Like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, but <laughs> I don't know about this year.
1: Yeah. It just, it, it is a nice draw for Fritz though, to have, you know, Isner as the paired seed who, you know, obviously right. the six, what is he? Six, 10, six, yeah, 11 serve not much guy. of a clay guy. Yeah. Not much of a clay guy. <laughs> so it's a good opportunity for him to make a nice run in the French uh, where he's, he's you know, mm-hmm. taking some strides forward in his career. And this is a good opportunity, but not on the scale we're talking here.
0: Yeah, it's 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 all Zverev, all Alcaraz in this portion of the draw. Let's move on to the uh, third quarter of the draw where Stefano Cicipas is uh, the comfortable favorite at minus 155. And then you got Kasper Rude coming in at plus 300. That is the if everything holds uh, draw that we would see in the quarters so that is definitely uh you know would be something of a a fun matchup but then things get you know a little bit interesting behind them Hubert Hurkos is uh in the top half of this so he could be facing off with Casper Rude in the bottom half you've got Denis Shapovalov uh, so that's another one that could mess things up you know would be more a little more interesting to me if maybe those guys were flipped but either way uh this one is uh, I think the first quarter of the draw where things could get a little bit screwy and not just be chalk all the way through
1: yeah, I think Hercos might be the best value play here, mm-hmm. but Pass also like he probably should have won this tournament last year. He was up two mm-hmm. sets in the final. I know when you play these these Nadal, Djokovic guys, they don't go down. <laughs> you know, you really got to beat them. But to be up two sets in a final like that, you know this this should be a good draw. Like the, as what we talked about in the first two quarters all these guys are getting screwed with early matchups that are tougher than they should be. The beneficiary is everyone right here and mostly Mm -hmm. Pass. Like, him being minus 155 in a quarter is shocking until you look at who's in it, right? If you had said that before the drawing, oh, wow, he's really got to get lucky. This is pretty much best-case scenario. Even Casper Root, I don't think, is a huge threat. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, Shapoval, like you said, maybe, I'm not sure he's a great clay court guy. Uh, I, I really think this is a a tournament for for him now would i bet minus 155 and probably not uh clay can be a little bit weird where stuff happens and you know you run into some guy who's hot and just the points take forever and you get worn down who knows um but yeah Pass tournament wide i think is probably my my favorite play
0: sitsipas turn to win the tournament is your favorite play
1: from a value perspective, yeah, because, like, again, he was up two sets in the final. He's going off at right. plus 450 with the easiest mm-hmm. draw he could have possibly had to get back to the final. And you're talking about Djokovic, Alcaraz, and Nadal. Like, Djokovic and Nadal are going to have to go through probably two gauntlets if Alcaraz is awaiting in the semi. Mm-hmm. And Alcaraz is going to be more than likely fresher. I mean, maybe he's very pushes him a little bit. But as we saw in one of the, the clay court tournaments a few weeks ago, he blew him away. So yep. I, I think you're talking about Sitsipas having an opportunity to be fresher. Now, if it's Alcaraz, the guy's probably the right stage of life to do the French Open for a month yep. straight and be fine. <laughs> but um, yep. Nadal and Djokovic probably wears on him.
0: Yeah, it would have to. I mean, who who wouldn't it wear on? Even though Nadal and Djokovic are our age for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's a gauntlet on that side, and that, that that's the whole thing here too, right? I mean, we're talking about the quarters, but when you look at getting all the way through and uh, and Pass being at at plus four fifty, it's not just the fact that his quarter is easier, but it's that that whole half is easier, and we can speak to that with the fourth quarter of the draw. And I, I think I think maybe the best way to illustrate. The fourth quarter being uh, easy on whoever comes out of the third quarter, is that you've got Daniil Medvedev and uh, Andre Rublev as the if chalk holds, but neither of them is the favorite to even come out of this quarter. That's Yannick Sinner, and and so he is the third ranked player in this quarter, but he is the highest ranked player when it in terms of coming out of this. He is in the top half, so the round before the quarters, he would be facing off with Andre Rublev. Daniel Medvedev coming off this injury, it makes it feel like the bottom half is wide open. You've got Marin Silich down there. Also, you got Pablo Carreno down uh, there also. I mean, it just feels like this could be something also where some screwy things happen, and it opens up the path for someone like Sinner, for someone like Siti if he comes out of his quarter. It, it makes things pretty interesting here when we look at this one.
1: Yeah, I think... Obviously, the injury to Medvedev changes it, because Medvedev, on paper, is the best player in this quarter by a long mm-hmm. shot. He even himself said, as I was doing some research ahead of this, uh, when he lost to Richard Gasquet a few days ago in a, in a warm-up tournament, and uh, his first match back, which is not a good sign, uh, he basically said, Clay's not my best surface you know, I figured out as I go, and basically what he said. Uh, I love his personality. He comes off as kind of a jerk, but he's definitely entertaining, almost in the like wrestling heel sort of category of, of people. Uh, I I think you have to go with one of Sinner or Rublev. Uh-huh. I think Sinner is probably the best suited on clay, but he's also hasn't done this is a great opportunity because he hasn't done this yet in his career. He's was he, I think he's twenty years old or something. So. Um, the talent is definitely there, and he seems to be pretty good on clay, but he hasn't made it to where we need him to go to get out of this court. He's never made a semifinal before. So uncharted territory, that's why the odds are as wide open. I mean, a plus 300 favorite's is kind of crazy, yep. especially as, as chalk as tennis has been for the last, what, 15 years at this point, yep. um, at least on the men's side. Um, I think I'd probably lean Rublev. I'd stay away from Medvedev even at plus 650 that's unbettable. It, yeah. Plus I
0: mean, you know, you yeah, got Kekmanovich ahead of him too. Like there is no way, like no way, no way. That is like, that, that there, it feels like books are courting mad bets with having him at plus yeah. 650.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I feel like that's still not long enough, long enough because if he's saying yeah. himself, I'm not ready. And then you got to go five sets a week after you just come back from a six week <laughs> injury. Like there's there's yeah. just no way. And on clay, like the mat, the, the surface, it has the longest points. So yeah. If I see him win a round or two and he looks very good, you know, given the opposition, like if he looks pretty good, he might not get tested. It might be something I bet lie or not live or like a few days into the, the tournament. But mm-hmm. for now, I think Rublev would be my pick and I probably wouldn't bet this quarter at all, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's take a look at the uh, overall championship odds. Joke, the favorite at plus 200. Then Alcaraz at plus 225. But it all comes in at plus 400. CC as we've talked about, plus 450. Then a big drop off to Zverev at plus 2000. Rude's also at plus 2000. Center coming in at 33 to one. So Pass is your guy here in terms of betting. Uh, if you were filling out a bracket, if this were like NCAA tournament style, filling out a bracket, who are you going with?
1: Probably Djokovic. Uh, my, <laughs> my personal bias. sound of, almost apologetic. Yeah, well, because it's, it's the favorite. It's boring. I think Alcarez, I, I feel like I'd rather be, if you're talking about a tournament, you know, filling out a bracket, I'd rather wean with Djokovic and Nadal right. ahead of Alcarez until it happens, and then once he does one, all right, he's going to win these for a decade. Like, it's probably yeah, what's going to happen. Right. Uh, all I the think, value
0: sucked out of him over these last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, unjustifiably so, because like right, he right, showed he could right. do it, but doing yeah. it in five sets versus doing it in three is a different animal. Mm. So, that's the thing that kind of make gives me pause. And plus, these guys, Djokovic and Nadal know those are warm up tournaments, and they're prepping their bodies to be ready. Whereas Alcaraz is like going a plus effort every day because he can. not Yeah. So.
0: Right. Is there? Yeah. Do you think there's anything to like Nadal and Sitsi betting them both and getting like two bites at the Djokovic apple? Basically, getting yeah. like two four to one shots at Djokovic.
1: Yeah, I don't hate it. I I mean, obviously, I, I said I like the Sitsi pass a lot, and obviously from mm-hmm. playing Nadal, I'm I, I like the plus one fifty Nadal in the first quarter. That might be my favorite bet of anything we've talked about so yeah. far. So yeah. I it's on the same line of thinking for sure. I, I like that a lot. I might even spray like a Zverev twenty to one just because like that's not super likely and I but you're also twenty to one and I mm-hmm. think he can beat he could beat Sitsi Pass. He could beat Yeah, for sure whoever's on the other half. Whoever I mean, comes out of, of that, yeah. Yeah. I mean at twenty to one. Um so yeah, I think there's there's more value plays. Although then again you could convince me that Djokovic like my my Nadal plus odds, Djokovic at plus two hundred in any major seems kind of crazy too.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. This is I mean if the the uh, for pure competitive integrity, maybe we would like to see things balanced out <laughs> yeah. a little bit more, but because of the way this is so tilted toward one quarter and then toward the same half that that quarter is on, things really could get pretty interesting here on the men's side. All right, Dan, let's get into the women's side of things. Uh, As you and I are recording this, still no uh, quarter odds available. So we can just take a look at those, uh, however, and still break them down in the same way we were looking at the men's side of things. So uh, Iga Swiatic, the uh, favorite here, no surprise there. She actually comes in as a minus 110 favorite to win the entire thing. Uh, Just plus 200 couple of weeks ago, so uh, anyone like me who's super smart and got in on it, <laughs> feeling pretty good about seeing the minus 110 odds now. In her quarter, she would be matched up with Carolina Karoli- Pliskova if things were to hold exactly to form. The, on their uh, other side, you got Paula Bardosa and Ariana Sabalenka. That is their, uh, who they would match up with coming out of the uh, other quarter on that half. Ons Jaber and Maria Sakari, they are in a quarter matched up with one another if everything holds. And then finally, Annette Kodavit and and uh, Barbara Kucova, they are matched up with one another. So let's go back to that first one. I mean, I feel like the draw didn't do Swiatica uh, like a ton of favors here, but uh, it's hard to go against her with uh, with everything that she's done, yeah, you know, in, in recent tournaments here.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one because the women's game, and particularly French Opens, have been so wide open uh, in recent mm-hmm. years. I mean, I, I have a stat for you. This is, I was really proud when I saw this one. So oh, the last yeah. six women's champions in the French Open have been first-time Grand Slam winners. And three of them were unseated. Three of them unseated? <laughs> you're talking about, talk about betting value. If you were able to identify yeah. these, you're talking probably 100 to 1 plus, or at least 50 to 1, I would imagine. That is ridiculous. So, like, the French Open... Having the French open, having a minus odds favorite is historic, Mm -hmm. or at least in the last six years, historically insane. And yet here we are like, this is the way it's because it's been wide open. There haven't been dominant players in the women's game, particularly on clay. And now we have somebody. So, uh, I mean, kudos to you for getting good value on it. I respect it. Well done but um, I'm still a little skeptical because of, you know, the French open weird stuff happens and women's tennis has been deep and unpredictable for a handful of years since Serena has basically fallen off as the top player. And even Naomi Osaka being now, she's not much of a clay quarter, but she's also dropped off as a lot of openings for a lot of players. Maybe this is the one to step up and, and kind of fill in as an elite, elite player.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, it really does feel like it's headed in that way. I mean, she would meet up with, I think the trickiest spot for her, maybe in this entire, uh, quarter is Ludmila Samsonova. They would meet up a couple of rounds before the quarter. Samsonova almost, almost got her on clay a couple of weeks ago. So that's, uh, that's maybe something to watch on the bottom half of this with Pliskova, you have Jess Pagula, who maybe is, uh, the U.S.'s best shot at, uh, at even just a, a semi in this uh, tournament, let alone a championship.
1: Yeah. There's some interesting names there for sure. I, Having Halep so close to her in the draw is kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. she's, we have – you know, she's second in the odds or tied for second in the odds uh, with Jabour. Mm-hmm. So uh, Halep, look, she's a former champion. She's been up and down in her career the last few years, but still dangerous. And, I, and the thing with Halep that makes me – this is the, probably the one that makes me most weary for your ego bet is Halep can do it one or two matches every so often where she looks like that player – Doing it for seven rounds in a major is not something she's been able to do lately. And that's kind of the thing that's so hard about winning these. You have to do it, especially when you're only playing three sets. You know, like we're talking about Djokovic coming back from Mm -hmm. two sets in last year's final. Three-set matches can be kind of random. You play like crap for 40 minutes, and the match is almost over, you know? So... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's where Halp is, makes me a little bit nervous for Iga. I don't think I like Halp to win the tournament, but certainly mm-hmm. as an upset shot there could make things a little interesting.
0: Let's move over to the uh, second quarter here, Bedosa and Sabalenka. Again, that's the uh, if Chalk holds matchup in the quarter. Um, anything here that, uh, that jumps out at you when you look at it?
1: Oh boy! I mean, this is why that the odds aren't on MGM yet is because this is not an easy as easy of a field to handicap as it is for the men's right. Uh, I Savalenka's a great player. I don't think she's a great clay quarter. I like Madison Keys again, not on clay. I think Collins could have a shot. I mean, Bedosa did it last year. She got a nice run. Mm-hmm. Uh, shrug. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, speaks to how uh, unpredictable this could end up being. in the On the other side of things, uh, on the other side of the draw, you've got uh, Kantavite and Krejcikova as a potential matchup in the quarters. And this is yet another one. I mean, maybe, maybe Vika Azarenka, who's at, on the top half of the Krejcikova side of the draw, I'm throwing it back a little bit. I mean, could she be someone who makes a little bit of noise here?
1: She can make a little bit of noise. I feel like she's been playing a little bit better in the last year. Krejcikova, though, like this is – one of those out of nowhere champions do we expect her to do it again i mean i'd be honest i hadn't heard of her when she made the run last year so it's like mm-hmm. you know do we expect was that a flash in the pan as like i said we've what was it the six first time uh grand slam winners in the last six uh women's french opens and we haven't heard too much from a ton of the rest of them since now obviously iga is one of those so yeah. maybe mm-hmm. that she you know and she was super young when she she i think she's only mm. 20 now so that's that's how crazy that was
0: we've heard from her though since
1: yeah (laughs) yeah and she's made (laughs) some noise since and this could be like the the i don't want to say the breakthrough because she's already won but cementing herself as that tier of player certainly on clay
0: yeah Uh, top half of this right you got muguruza you got coco goff you've got elise mertens you got count i mean that's that's not like that that's not that feels like open-ish to me also that maybe we just don't see chalk all the way through
1: yeah i feel like you know, Coco golf is 25 to one, which is seventh tied for sixth in the odds. She, she has to prove she can do more than what she's like. She pretty much, she made that first year run when she was like, what, 16 or something, made a couple third round, fourth rounds, got the name brand recognition. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really made that next step yet. I think she's pretty overvalued. Um, I, I we don't see the quarter odds, but I just, trying to price it out from what she is to win the tournament. I, I would stay away from her from a betting perspective. Mm-hmm. I I probably lean Kretchikova just cuz defending champ, but um I you know, yeah. she's probably the minus odds favorite in that quarter or very
0: close to it. Yeah, I would think so too and everything we're talking about in this quarter sort of makes Maria Sakari who is in the other part of this half interesting to me uh, because she comes in at 20 to 1 to win this tournament same as Bedosa. And then you drop down a bit to find Sabalenka and Coco yeah. Goff. and I mean it seemed it, again we don't have it. She's going to be she's going to be favored to win this maybe minus you know Jaber's the, the uh, on the other side of this uh, of this quarter. That's uh, the matchup if everything holds. You get Sakari and Jaber, but this feels you know akin to what we talked about with Cici Pass in the men's draw, where things feel soft enough for her to get into the quarter get into that matchup with Jaber, be the favorite and that, get through, and then suddenly be looking at the two best, you know, her two most uh, you know, feared competitors, both mm-hmm. on the other side and the other semi.
1: Yeah, and actually, I, I, uh, Sakari, I think, probably wouldn't be just based on, because uh, Jabor is going off at 12 to 1 and Sakari is 20 right now. So mm-hmm. it seems like that's definitely something I identified as a value play. Is Sakari probably going off at uh, maybe plus 200 250 i would guess um certainly be plus i'm expecting cause i'm trying to extrapolate it compared to the men's quarters but i think the women's game is going to be more unpredictable like this could be like a bunch of we talked about that rublev quarter where the favorites plus 300 we might see a bunch of those yeah. i think sakari probably could get a good value as like a plus two to 400 wherever that lays whatever you can find yeah. i think that would be my my
0: spot all right, so the overall champion we got Iga at minus one ten as we talked about, as you mentioned, Simona Halep comes in at twelve to one, Jaber at twelve to one. I totally missed that. So you're right about that. Scratch what I said about ninety <laughs> seconds ago. Jaber's gonna be favored to come out of that quarter. Then you got Bedosa and Sakari at twenty to one, Sabalenka and Goff at twenty-five to one. And like I think you're right, because you just look at how things how how quickly they drop off from Iga being a huge favorite to then Halep and Jaber and then another drop and then it's just Nandriescu Anisimova Anissimo, <laughs> <Anissimova>, and <laughs> Naomi Osaka at thirty three to one Mukuruza also in there at thirty three to one. It's it, there's it, this is going to be a mixed bag and like minus one ten is tough to lay at the start of a tournament but with the way Iga's playing the the fact that she is just the clear and obvious favorite. I think if I wasn't already holding that plus 200 ticket, I would be comfortable laying the minus 110 on her.
1: Yeah, I think well, – I mean, this is the thing. Like I said, the French Open's unpredictability is the only thing that makes me hesitate. But when you look at the contenders, I don't see anyone that jumps out and I see, oh, yes, this person. Like, like I said, Sabalenka is 25-1. to 1. She's six in the odds, and she's a big hitter. She is not a clay court player. Mm-hmm. So I would be very surprised to see her make that kind of run – Coco Goff, I don't think can win a major yet. Twenty-five to one—that's she's top ten in the favorites. Like Bianca Andreescu, a big hitter, she's top ten in the odds. And like these are not players I expect to win the French Open. Naomi Osaka, thirty-three to one. Like yeah, maybe someone like Kanu uh, at forty to one. I think her game might translate a little bit better to clay. We've seen her make a big run in a major, obviously at the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open. Forty to one. I might play with that a little bit. Maybe you can hedge against it a couple times. Uh, if she makes a bit of a run, you know, Pagula 50 to one, like there's, there's some stuff like you could go with the defending champ at 40 to one, which is kind of hilarious that a defending <laughs> champ is 40 to one. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's just like Ega's the only one with the resume right now that makes you think clearly she can do it. And at the age, like 20, like she's probably better than she was two years ago when she won it. So that's a scary part.
0: French Open getting started over the weekend. Tennis started right here on Best on the Board. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us on our Tennis debut For Dan Santorumita, I am Michael Beller. Be with us. We will be doing more French Open as this tournament goes on over the next couple of weeks. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.